You're listening to Zeros on Heroes with Mike Mercadal and Will Watkins. Hey everybody, welcome to Zeros on Heroes. I am Mike Mercadal. This is Will Watkins. Will Watkins. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, thank you for tuning in. If you're coming back and listening to us again, we appreciate it. Thank you for sharing uh, us with your friends and uh, and enemies. I mean, it's, we don't really we don't we don't we don't, we don't want to tell you what to do. You share, share us with uh, whoever you want. But um, but thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for everyone who's uh, rated us on iTunes and reviewed, and uh, that's been pretty great. Thank you guys. And uh, uh, we each we're a couple comedians based out of New York who uh, pick yeah a- they they read the the fucking thing the, the description yeah we they know they know I don't know why we just turned into like an old Jewish couple where I'm like they know they know they know but yeah uh, what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that old couple where they're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, each week we pick a hero and uh, we dissect them. And I say, yeah, we get into it. Um, but we do have to address we've been gone. Uh, we haven't put up an episode uh, in this last week because both Will and I got crazy sick in the New York winters. So shout out to the hero of the day, cold medicine. Z- what was Z- Zytek? Zantek? No, what's Zycam. The- Zycam, that's what's up. Yeah, apparently this week's episode is brought to you by Zycam, apparently. Uh, healing uh, healing Will Watkins and Mike Mercadal so that they can bring to you uh, just some goofy podcast. <laughs> that's their goal. That's their goal. It's like, I could have... I would hope that, that the head of Zycam is like, yeah, someone finally gets it. Yeah. Their mission statement has our names in it. A billionaire who loves listening uh, to people dissect uh, uh, Superman and Jackie Chan. And uh, <laughs> they're like, no, 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 but seriously, Indiana Jones. And he was like, bro, Rocky 3 was the best Rocky. <laughs> Rocky 3. Finally, somebody's talking about Rocky 3. See, Ben Conrad knows what's up. Ben Conrad, yeah. And also, thanks to everybody who's been on. Yeah, we've been. Uh, oh, yeah, we got some, uh, we got some guests come up uh, in like a week or two. We got, yeah, uh, we've got them scheduled, and uh, you'll, you'll be hearing from them soon. So mm-hmm. let's jump into it with Heroes in the News. We got uh, Jared Leto got a haircut. That's and, a huge deal. Apparently. In preparation for uh, for the Joker, uh, one thing is because uh, the haircut signifies which style of Joker they're going to go with. Which, to be fair, they kind of can do whatever the fuck they want. Oh yeah, they totally can. I mean, they got Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah. <laughs> they clearly are doing whatever. Like, the fuck. fuck you, you were doing this. Whatever. Shit. Um, uh, it also uh, it was a big deal because uh, Jared Leto was famous for his Jesus look. Yeah, he the, he, he really does. He looks, you know, he looks, he looks like himself in Fight Club. Right, he does. Yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. like the Fight Club version with actually, with but, but he has the shaved sides, the yeah. the new popular hairstyle, uh, the film will the the Macklemore look. That, that, is there a name for that hairstyle? Um, uh, I think that was uh, side tights or tight on the side or something. I forgot. I have no idea, but that but high walls or something. You know, you know, the, everybody knows that. You look. know, the, the Brad Pitt and Fury. Yes, uh, that's the perfect example of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so he's got that haircut. So what is that saying about that? So what would be his? So, how so, would his version be different? Than- so they're saying he's kind of gonna maybe gonna have the look of like the new Fifty Two Joker, uh, minus the the uh, pinned on face. Mm. Um, uh, but I mean, the the Joker that's in there right now is before the convergence does have that kind of like Macklemore Brad Pitt look. Yeah. Uh, but they're saying the characterization of, of him is going to be very, uh, very like Dark Knight Returns. 
Uh, what, he's, where he's, he's in the he's in the he's in Arkham and where he you know he's in Arkham. Uh, maybe he's uh, quote unquote cured. Quote unquote. Quote unquote cured. Uh, something along those lines. I don't know, but what does that say? So speaking of convergence. Break that down for me, because apparently they've released uh, <clears throat> new looks and... Uh... Convergence, like, they released this whole thing, like, like uh, uh, Superman as, like, a t-shirt. He kind of looks like Superboy. You know he I mean? looks like, yeah, I was going to say. But he's got, like, the original shield from, like, the Action Comics number one on the thing instead of the traditional Superman thing, like, the black on red instead. My initial reaction is that I don't like it. Yeah, and then they also redid Batman. Batman's a robot. He's got like a tech suit, kind of like Iron Man. Then they have um, like Green Arrow has long blonde hair. He's he's putting back the Flash as you know, a flashier suit. Are they literally doing because <clears throat> the Thor look? They've got this guy in a t-shirt. Yeah, got... uh, I think what it's going to be is this is the palate cleanser, the sorbet, the sorbet, right? Because uh, you know they had New Fifty Two, they had the new costumes, blah blah blah. They set up this new universe. Then they said we fucked up with this universe. You know, without saying we fucked up. Uh, what was the biggest complaint of the New 52? Just the, the continuity of, of the characters. Like, Catwoman went through three different origin stories within the New 52. What? Yeah, where she was like... I don't read DC. That's why I don't... I, I'm not... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a failed reboot, in my opinion, where, like, first she was, like, a, the daughter of a ruptured mobster, then she was the daughter of an Italian mobster, then she wasn't a daughter of any mobster at all. It was just all sorts <laughs> no of mobsters. weirdness. And then, like, uh... And now she's now she's bisexual in the comic books and like all this different stuff. And uh, you know they killed Robin, brought him back, blah blah blah. Robin has superpowers now, so it's like, all right, wait, where are we going with this? So they decided to almost do a Crisis on Infinite Earths again. They can, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, so so it's this got, is too many times. It's very similar to the, the Marvel thing they're doing with the multiverse, where it's just like, oh, these do-, like it turns out uh, pre New Fifty Two. Uh, universe still exists. Mm. So it's like... It, I forgot which character it is. One of the characters has uh, has the memories of their pre-52 uh, in their in their current body. It's weird. It's a weird thing. It's This sounds really convoluted. So I feel like this, the, the new the new uh, characterization of the DC heroes, the Justice League type but they thing... Look like, they look like... It looks like the Avengers. It looks like, you know, the... It's, it's, it's very, like, 2010s... Looking, yeah. I like Mike Lawrence. who's a great comedian. Hopefully, can have him on the podcast one time. He yeah. put it out where he goes, uh, "Superman is starting to look like all those douchebags at the gym who don't even know who Superman is, but still wear the t-shirt." Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. It looks like a dude in jeans with a Superman t-shirt. Yeah. It looks like me with more muscles. They finally revealed the full extent of Superman's power, the super flare, uh, where it's he he lets off this like giant, almost like a bomb. Of energy, he goes like Super Saiyan. Yeah, he like it's the the energy of the sun, all the sun, the radiation that he takes in. He releases it, so then once he releases it, though, he has no powers. He's a normal mortal. Oh, so he's just a normal man who can't fight. So he he decides if he's ever going to use this, it has to be like a like this is the last resort. Oh right, that's his. Otherwise, he yeah. could die. That's his. Uh, the the what is that? Oh man, what's that trope? That what's that word? What's that word um, from Galaxy Quest? Uh, the Omega Thirteen. <laughs> the Omega Thirteen. Uh, I wasn't. Oh, yeah, was... Recipe Spock, by the way. He died. Yeah, yeah, Recipe's Leonard Nimoy. Uh, 
that was a that was a, a weird one because you like I'd heard he was sick and all that stuff. Yeah. And then you go back and he's not really. Here's the thing. He's known for being Leonard Nimoy is Spock. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's what he's known for, and that's kind of his only like real. He's directed well, a bunch I mean, of stuff, but The Hobbit, man. He, yeah. He was the voice of the he sang the Hobbit song. Yeah, yeah, no, but but the, but even then people still know him as as right. Spock. But imagine like and nobody was sick of him. You know and I mean? he, he he wasn't upset about it. Yeah. He embraced it. And he and uh he then went on to be a real big important like for like a real backer of science education and yeah, and, yeah. and and the space program and all these things. So it's like and an integral part of the Star Wars, Star Trek reboot. Yeah, he's a huge part of the reboot now. Uh, old Spock, new Spock, you yeah. know, and uh, yeah, yeah. But but you go back and you see there was a whole story of him uh, being like real championing for uh, Michelle Williams. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, Uhura. To, was that her name, Michelle Williams? Yeah, yeah. To no, get no, no, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, to to get equal pay because she was the first black woman yeah, in a pro, in a leading role, and you know it was like one of those things where like that show was pretty revolutionary when you think about. Like what it what it did, you yeah. know. Ter- There's a great uh, episode of Star Talk, uh, Star Talk Radio. I don't know if you guys listen to it, but you should. Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he interviews her, and uh, and and like a, 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 he interviews um, uh, Uhura, and uh, they go and they talk about how important it was in like the civil rights movement and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all these things. And he was a big integral part of that. Man, it's, yeah. it was a weird one to see him go and the whole live long and prosper thing. Yeah. My favorite was they did the one of the astronauts on the space station. Oh yeah, that was good. Did the picture over over Massachusetts where you know it was just it's just one of those things. It's, it's he's an icon. Yeah. So, uh, Godspeed. Drink your uh, drink to drink. I gotta drink to drink because my voice is all weird. Mm. <laughs> I was gonna cut all that out, but you kept talking. Fuck it, let's keep it in. All right, we keep it legit with you guys. He's genuinely sick. That's why he were, he's fighting through the pain. <laughs> he's fighting through the pain to bring you a podcast. You know what's funny is like my normal voice isn't affected, but my obnoxious laugh Yours is <laughs> totally fine. That's funny. That's like it, the, that's like the range of your vocal yeah. cords <laughs> that only get used when you laugh. <coughs> um. Let's speed through some more news. We got, uh, there may be a Flash Gordon sequel starring Sam Jones. Sam Jones is... He was the original Flash Gordon in that shitty 1980s... He was in Ted. Yeah, he was in Ted. Yeah. Uh, they said it may be like he's, you know, mentoring the the new guy. Well, yeah, I would imagine. In some form. Uh, also, I'm very proud of this. Uh, John Schneider, who was the father on Smallville. Right. You ever watch Smallville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said he didn't like the way that Pa Kent was portrayed in Men of Steel, which I totally fucking agree with. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good... He, that, he was a good Pa Kent. Ah, oh, he was great. He's great, Pa Kent. Great. Um, but yeah, yeah. He's... He's uh, uh, He's got some here. What was the thing that he was in? Dukes of Hazard. Yes! Yeah. We should... Man... Dukes of Hazard was a big part of my childhood. So was it really? Yeah, I love Dukes of Hazard. I, I was never a big Dukes of Hazard guy. I guess when I do it, and I can't Hazzard. get into it now because I'm like, oh, that car's racist. The car, yeah, the car. It's totally true. It's straight up racist. It has the flag on it. Uh, uh, um, the whole thing is basically like one big like hillbilly <laughs> shootout. It's, it's like, you watch it? Yeah, you gotta watch it now. Yeah, moonshot. Oh, them Duke boys. Um. Oh, Marvel said uh, we were speaking about this earlier about the. Uh, 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 their universes are colliding. One of the universes is going to be the X Men cartoon from the nineties. That they're gonna that it's going to be a separate world, a separate thing in yeah. Secret Wars. You mean in the Secret Wars? That's going to be uh, one of the thing. One of the 
the universes is the X-Men cartoon from the 90s. Here's the difference between the convergence, the DC convergence and the Marvel conversions. I have no idea how DC's going to pull it off. Yeah. I entirely, and I'm worried, I have no idea how Marvel's going to pull it off, but I'm hopeful. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the thing. They've built up this kind of trust where you're just like, all right, I'll, whatever you guys want to do, man. Yeah. It's, oh. it's fantastic. What else is in the news? We got uh, Danny Elfman is going to score the Avengers. Oh, the the Avengers: the, Age of Ultron. And it's weird to think that they wait that they, most of the movies already made. Yeah, and they just now are doing that. Uh, well, I think that the the soundtrack is the the very last thing to put onto it to you know help pace everything. Yeah, they use filler <coughs> stuff, but uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's always funny to me how that how that works. But so. it's interesting because uh, this comes on the heels of you know Spider Man coming into the Marvel universe. Danny Elfman was the guy who composed. The Spider-Man theme, right, 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 for uh, for Sony originally. The the um, wait, the Spider-Man, uh, not the, the song. Sam Raimi. Oh, oh right. Yeah, the Sp- and Sam they Raimi. ended up not using it, right? Uh, no, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. He scored the first three uh, Spider-Man. Oh, I will say this. So, also in the news, <coughs> also in the news, um, they announced the uh, Star Wars, the first Star Wars spinoff. Oh, yeah. They announced the title. Rogue One, is that it? Rogue One is going to be the style. So it's going to be... Uh, the, the uh, Who's the actress that's going to be... Doing? It's going to be the... Um, it's going to be like a separate storyline. I'm assuming it's going to... I don't know if you is played... It's like the, Kate Mara or somebody like that? Is it Kate Mara? I'm trying to remember to see what the name is. But it's... it's. Uh, did you ever play the... Um, the, the video game? The video game, the, the yeah, Rogue yeah. Squadron. Yeah, there was Rogue Squadron, and there was also X Wing and X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Right, right. But the, I, I would, I would, I, I hope it follows like that that idea, because man, it's going to be some cool ass space battles and shit. Yeah, like that. yeah. If they, if it's any, if if it follows anything, uh, well, I know or, that I know that uh, uh, Marvel's uh, not Marvel uh, Disney said they wanted Star Wars to be like Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm guessing, especially with the name Rogue One, mm-hmm. it may be taking on that uh, Han Solo-ish aspect of these are the people going rogue. Right. Oh, okay. So I wonder if that's going to be their Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they're saying it might be. Uh, it might be about <clears throat> X-wing pilots. So yeah. like the the rebel like the it'll I guess almost be like a like a, following a military platoon around or like these guys. Um, I would almost like to think it's going to be like the Seventh Samurai. Oh, the Magnificent Seven type thing, where it's like maybe they're on this this planet that's being deserted, but the inhabitants need their help. Otherwise, they're going to be conquered by right whatever. Right. It's like a uh, I don't know if you watch the uh, Clone Wars series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of the there's a lot of really cool storylines in that that you would you would want it to be expanded on, but then you yeah. also understand why they don't like 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 let's just hit as much of this stuff as we can. They also announced that Ryan Johnson, the guy who did Looper. Is going to be directing episode eight. Oh, which I'm. I don't know if you, you saw Looper, right? I saw Looper. There was a lot of cool shit in Looper. A lot of cool, shit, a lot of plot holes. The, but... Well, but it's a time travel thing, so it's like you can always be filled by hey, time travel. You know, hey. Like, hey. But I love the look of that movie. Like yeah. that movie was had know, a lot really of cool. really cool shit. I, I'm all, I'm for it. I'm excited about it. So I mean, he's he, he's. Let's see what he's saying. Uh... It's more justice. Also, pending a treatment for episode nine, so nice. he's going to be involved, and I, I'm 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 all for it because I, I I'm JJ Abrams. I, I was I think going to do he'd, he'd be a great springboard springboard for it. Set the universe. He's great with creating universes. Like he, I think I feel like JJ Abrams is going to take on the George Lucas role. Yeah, 
in that George Lucas set up the characters and directed the first movie, and then he gave it on to, like, Lawrence Kasdan and all those dudes to create the rest of them. I mean, arguably, Empire Strikes Back was way better than A New Hope. Well, it's not that it was way better, but it was much more um, impactful for me. I, it was yeah. hard because... Like, you can you tell can, it's two different directors as well. You can I mean. tell it's two different yeah. directors. You can tell that it, it's it's got... Uh, it's got more balls I always thought like yeah. if you watch that movie I was like this movie's got fucking balls dude yeah. like when you think back on the first one you know alright it has it's, it was an, a yeah. new thing you know No, they never trusted it they, yeah. did, they had no idea how let's to trust it let's save that for the Star Wars episode yeah yeah we, we're getting really <laughs> into Star so yeah but then, but yeah so Rogue One and it, hopefully it's gonna be like a dogfight mm-hmm. movie where yeah. there's just a whole bunch of fight you know just space just battling just whole movie just like the end of Independence Day just like non-stop <laughs> like the the, look, battles take longer than an hour and a half. If it, imagine if it's told in real time. Yeah, that would be an interesting idea. Probably horrible in the uh, in the execution, yeah. but an interesting thought nonetheless. To just have, <laughs> like uh, like Cloverfield was all happening. You know, I never saw Cloverfield. It's good. It's in New York. Yeah, you should watch, I should it. watch it. You should watch it. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the episode this week. Um, we were trying to think about what who who to cover. And, I, th- and I, I had an idea. I was like, we should do a female hero. Because uh, we haven't really done a female hero up until now. And then I, we were trying to... And think, we're pandering. And we're totally pandering. <laughs> uh, International Women's Day was this last Sunday. That's so totally why we picked it. That's totally why we did it. It's totally why we did it. But uh, we decided to pick Beatrix Kiddo from the Kill Bill movies. from The, the, the Bride. The Bride. Well, y- you don't know her name until uh, Volume 2. You get glimpses of it, but you never. They, they always it, bleep out, it out, and they they block out the the. But like you know, like uh, like in the the very beginning of the movie, uh, David Carradine's character Bill calls her kiddo. That was his nickname for her. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you would assume it's and just you, a. You nickname. think it's just the nickname? Yeah. He's calling her a last name. Well, let's start. What do you, what's the first thing you think about when you think about Kill Bill? Quentin Tarantino blood. Yeah, it's stereotypical. I mean, not stereotypical, but uh, quintessential uh, Tarantino in that. There's lots of talking and suspense, and then the huge violent payoff. Right. It's like that build-up, and then it's and then a goosh. But even the build-up is like it's like two well-crafted build-ups, like yeah. two well-crafted segments that pay off. Like I, I loved Kill Bill because at this point he had done uh, he, he, it was up through Jackie Brown at this point, right? He did Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, and Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. There was a. And he did some stuff with like Robert Rodriguez right. and, and stuff like that. But then he comes out. This it was released in two thousand three. Well, it was originally supposed to be a f- one long four yeah. hour movie. And it was Harvey Weinstein was like, "This is going to be a giant movie. We need to cut it into two parts." So that's why technically it's uh, even though it should be considered his first sequel that he made. Right. It's not the first sequel that he made yeah. because it's it was it's the, part one, part two. Yeah, I was reading up on it, and it says that they originally showed the full four hour cut in Cannes, the when he when he when he released it, when yeah. he, the first time they they showed it anywhere, and they released a full version, like the whole thing. Get a five minute standing ovation. Uh, so uh, as soon as uh, Harvey Weinstein saw that, he was like, "We don't even need to pass out the comic cards." Yeah, yeah. Like, let's just green light this thing, put it out there. And then also, but then, but they were concerned at the running time because think about it: how many showings you could get for like a four-hour movie? You could, there's only so many times you could see it. it yeah. would, you have to stagger it in multiple theaters, and at that time, it was like still just. I guess it was new to have like the giant megaplexes, you know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it was. It, and f- it, you know, for essentially a 
underground. I mean, it's not a. He was a. It's quote unquote an independent uh, yeah, movie. Yeah, I was like, trying to figure out the word without saying independent, but yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's not it's not what you would think as of as an independent movie where it's a small. And I, I would even argue it's uh, it's Quentin Tarantino's uh, love letter to film, or it's I would say it's a love letter to his um, his love for the. It's a love letter to. Asian to martial arts movie to, to the to, to the kung fu movie era, you know. Well, I mean, not only is it is it uh, has obviously the huge kung fu. I mean, the, the whole plot of the and movie. samurai movie influence because he he, yeah. he dedicated it to uh, uh, Japanese filmmaker Kinji. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'll find it. Yeah, you say things like it was a. Uh, I mean, the the whole plot of it was actually came up from uh, Quentin Tarantino and Uma Thurman talking during Pulp Fiction about their. You know, what would their ideal movie be? And Quentin Tarantino said, I would love to make a kung fu flick. And so then they start fleshing out the story. What the story. Well, yeah. they say a lot of it comes from uh, a movie called Lady Snowblood. Yeah, yeah. Which was, uh, you know, what are the standard, um, you know, Japanese revenge yeah. samurai movie where the, with a female protagonist. Uh, and it's basically like his interpretation of that with a ton of other stuff thrown yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, you can obviously see there's a whole bunch of like Sergio Leone in it. Yeah, uh, Brian De Palma. You can see a bunch of his stuff in there. Like he's there's so like Quentin Tarantino film uh, fills his films with so many homages. Right, which is I, a French word meaning steel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, is it? Uh, the the Kinji Fukasaku. Kinji oh, nice. Fukasaku is like who he dedicated the whole movie to. It was, yeah, it was, there was a dedication. You know how when they split up the movie, they released it with. Uh, a couple things added on, like the whole quote for the Klingon proverb. Yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't there. It was actually a tribute to, it was dedicated to this guy, was the, the lead. And then in the break, uh, in between the two movies, and when, when the volume two starts up, there was a, um, the whole recap scene with the, yeah. with Uma Thurman driving in the car. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was This is very, like, noir. Very, yeah. uh... Well, it also, well, this is, okay. So it starts off with this character... The assassinate the the whole first shot of the movie is her dying is the hero dying yeah. you know what I mean like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and I and I love the way he uses music in in his movies oh, yeah. yeah RZA did the music for uh, for for the yeah movie. it was just crazy and it was great yeah he did a fantastic job and the um and then so like the first thing you see is the hero die and I always thought that was like like holy shit yeah and then you find there's a whole thing with the the pussy wagon and she's yeah. in the hospital. It's so fucking crazy. Which is like so, once again, so Quentin Tarantino. I love how you can obviously see like, oh, this is absolutely a Quentin Tarantino film. Where not only does it have the long periods of boring and then the huge excitement, but it also go. It's not a, it's not a singular timeline. It jumps from, oh, five years from now, ten years behind yep. us. It yeah. keeps on jumping time, uh, time places. Yeah, and then there's the whole, the, like even then the 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 structure of the movie is all is again time jumping, like a lot like Pulp Fiction and stuff, yeah, which is yeah, what yeah. he's known for. But um, the 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 character the whole time is just it's all about it's all it's like focused vengeance. Oh, it's great. You know what's funny? Uh, what's that name of uh, uh, the film philosophy where it's like if two women can be standing next to each other in the film and not talk about men for five minutes? You, have you ever heard about that? I've not heard about that. I don't, I don't, it's, it's a way... It's not, wait, I mean, maybe. It's a way to judge female characters in films if they can go a period of time without discussing 
what boy they're in love with or whatever it is. Oh, you're talking about in terms of like how how much it it it, it emphasizes the need of a man to take exactly. Right. And so in this film, it's like you could argue this is one of the perfect feminist films because it, I mean she does she's not lusting after a boy. There's no love interest. She's in love with vengeance. Right. That's the yeah. love story here. Well, I would love. I never saw it, but I would love to see the Lady Snowblood. I never saw. I never saw Lady Snowblood. I'd love to see it. I've seen a ton of samurai movies, and uh-huh. they. So what? 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 I, what I, when I was looking this up, looking up the information on it, it was really interesting because um, when interviewed, Quentin Tarantino said that he wanted to be like his Dollars trilogy, the oh, Sergio yeah, Leone, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, um, like Fistful of Dollars, a few dollars more, the whole Nameless, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Clint Eastwood spaghetti western. Yeah, and I and because he created a world, he's talked and he and he asked, he talked about doing a, a third one, yeah. many times, and then. Of course, you know he was doing another movie. He made Django, and he made yeah, yeah. he made Inglorious Bastards. And he made Django, but um, I think he, he still could because the idea for the the third one would be to take place ten years later. Would be the daughter of uh, uh, Vernita Fox. Yeah, Vernita Green uh, would come back. Head. I don't know if she would end up killing Beatrix Potter or what the deal would be. Be- Beatrix Potter. <laughs> Our Beatrix, uh, <laughs> Beatrix Potter, Jesus Christ! It's I'm fucking sick, bro. It comes from back to the ch- <laughs> like a children's book. Oh, this is Peter Cottontail, motherfucker. Where all of a sudden it's like this lady's just like, I just, I just write books. I don't know yeah, why. Don't know. And she gets stabbed, shot, man. Like, I just By the way, wrote a book. Beatrix Kittle. Do you know where the name comes from? No, I don't. Uh, silly rabbit. Tricks, Tricks are, are for, for kids. kids. Really? Beatrix Kittle, wow. which is why. For the longest, I had no idea why at one point, uh, uh, Oshiri Oren, or whatever her name Oren is. Oren Ishii. Yeah, yeah. When, at the end, right before they fight, she goes, silly rabbit. Oh, yeah. Because she's referring to the name, which hadn't been revealed at that point. Uh, it had not been revealed. Well, I mean... So you only uh, you I only wonder, get that if you watch the film a second time. Does her not having a name throughout the movie add to or take away from her character? I think it adds to... I mean, the whole thing is mystery. Like, there's, yeah. a, very, there's a huge mystery involved. And who is this girl? And, 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 and why is she so... The titular hating? character you don't see. Yeah. The whole movie. Yeah. You don't, you don't know who the fuck Bill is. Yeah. You like, hear you his just, voice. You hear his voice. They talk about him. And he's this crazy idea. And I'm like... Because it's hard to... It, the first... Because it's hard to think of it as one big movie for me. Because, of course, I've only seen... I saw it in yeah. pieces. And... Um, so the first movie, Bill is nowhere to be found. And in the second movie, he's there for the beginning, little kind of bookendy thing. But in the big picture, it was like there's an intermission and then, all right, everything's another long buildup and yeah. then a payoff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that, and it, it depends on how you want to think about it. If you want to think about it as two separate movies, because they, they work. Yeah. They work independently. I will say I like the first volume one better than volume two. Well, I think the first volume is more violent. There's more action yes, involved. Yes, it's more action. How many people does uh, uh, the bride kill in the second movie? Uh, she kills Bill. Spoiler alert. That's it. Yeah, like she only kills Bill in the sec in the second movie. That's the only person she kills because uh, she doesn't kill Bud because Bud is killed by L Driver. That's right. She doesn't kill L Driver cuz she pops out her eye. And she that's right, she doesn't. And then kill. she leaves her and she's just ah. now she I mean she's in the middle of the desert and she's got that black mamba in there so probably she, she will end up she, dying. It's the it's the the off-screen death. Yeah. Of like, but you never see her directly kill her. Right. So the only person she kills in the second movie is Bill. 
Interesting. But the first movie fucking kills Ev- everybody. Everybody. The Which, scene with the eighty-eight, the uh, crazy eighty-eight, yeah. crazy eighty-eights. Oh, my, that's one of the greatest fights. The blue scenes. loaded. What's it called? The blue flower. Something. Something like that. <clears throat> but but originally when they showed that it was shot in color, the American release version oh, they yeah. had to tone it down, uh, in into black and white. Because I remember specifically when I watched the trailer. And I was like, oh, I want to go see that movie. There was a scene from the trailer that was in color. And then when I watched the movie, it was in black and white. And I'm like, why? What yeah. a weird choice to make. And then I found out it was because the, you know, the MPAA was like, hey, tone it down. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, that sucks. I want I, Somewhere out there, there's got to be the whole bloody affair. I, I like That's it. That's what it's called, the whole bloody affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea that they put it in black and white. And, uh, I mean, that comes back. That's an old film trick they did mm-hmm. in the 1920s, which shows how much of a cinephile that, that Quentin Tarantino is. He's like, I know how to fix this based on old shit. Right, right. And she blinks. That that was the yeah, trigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh wow, hey, interesting. But um, but yeah, that's it's crazy fight scene and um, and it's the whole Bruce Lee homage as well, where the, she's yeah, wearing game of death, the, uh, the the game of death uh, uh, jumpsuit, yeah, 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 yellow and black. Yeah. yeah. Well, that whole se- so ironically enough, I'm gonna do one of those surprise switch hero things because the hero for me in the first movie. Because I don't know if you could call Beatrix Kiddo a hero per se, because she's she's not really she's trying to get her child back. She's she not never get her child back. She's, she doesn't even know the child. She doesn't know the child's, child's alive. She's just which is one out. of the greatest reveals, by the way. At the end, does she know her daughter is still alive? And then credits. He was like, "Holy shit! Yeah, great." Immediately wanted to see Volume Two right yeah. away. But um, there's this the scene where she goes to Okinawa. And she meets uh, Hattori Hanzo. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, so he's he she's right there. She she just wants death. She wants revenge. She wants to kill all the people yeah. that tried to kill her. I don't know what you would call. It. There's there's heroism in her persistence and all that stuff. But the hero, I think, is Hattori Hanzo because remember he'd say, "I made a vow never to yeah. make a, a weapon of death or whatever." Da da da. Uh, and all those scenes are beautifully shot. And I, oh, I, yeah. oh, it's like a, I, I love you know like like a, like the whole Japanese tradition. I'm there like yeah, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but they show the whole process and the reveal that that he's Hattori Hanzo yeah. in that sushi restaurant. Brilliant scene, really fun. Which uh, there's so many layers to that movie. Yeah. Do you know why he's a sushi person in Okinawa? He's a he's a sushi chef in Okinawa. Why chef? he's a sushi chef? No, because apparently in Japan. Everybody knows Okinawa has the worst sushi, so nobody goes to eat sushi in Okinawa. So there's this dude who wants to hide out, so he opens up a sushi restaurant in Okinawa because he knows nobody will go there. Right, so he's like, uh, yeah, sushi. Yeah. Uh, they're like, why do you want to open up a failing business? They're like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> All right, don't tell anybody I'm here. What, you don't want to promote your business? No. What I love about that, too, is like she, she goes up in the, the attic and... You know, all the swords, and he goes, oh, these are for sentimental value. And then uh, he says, do you know how to use swords? And so he throws a baseball, and she cuts it in half. Yeah. That's a real thing that happened. He literally threw a baseball, and she cut it in half in real life. That's dope. And it was uh, the the hero behind Beatrix uh, Kiddo is Zoe Bell, who is the stunt person yeah. for Uma Thurman. <coughs> Uh, Zoe Bell, if you uh, if you watch uh, Grindhouse, was the Australian one, right? Grind the the but with Grindhouse Death Proof, 
Death Proof. You're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the one with Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The better of the two. I like I liked uh, Death we, Proof way better than Planet Nine or whatever. It was. Oh, I love I love Planet Terror way more. Planet Terror, yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, I like Quentin Tarantino, but I just couldn't. I will never watch that movie again. Death Proof. I will never watch Why? Death Proof again. I loved it. It's so fucking boring. I loved it. What do you mean it's boring? It's like it takes the classic Tarantino thing, like we've been talking about, how there's nothing happening and then violence. Right. That's the whole movie is nothing happening. And then finally at the end there's there's a violence. Well it's a it's it's he's not making the whole point of those <coughs> the whole point of those was to not make a Tarantino movie, it was to make a seventies grindhouse movie where every car chase is shot from a low angle because it feels faster and you can yeah. do like a car chase at thirty miles an hour and it looks crazy. And uh, low budget because you're just on all these stretches of highway that are closed yeah, up. Yeah. So uh, I loved it. I, I thought that I, I liked Ugh. I liked Death Proof way more than Ugh. than uh, Planet Terror. But Ugh. Planet Terror was cool. Machine but. Gun Leg. You don't like Machine Gun Leg? I didn't like. I, I just the whole time I yeah. was just like, ah, this isn't the '70s movie that I like. You know what I mean? Like that's not my thing. I don't like the the cheesy sci-fi one. I like the the car chase. Like, I love Bullet a lot more than I loved, you know, like, some uh, other, you know, sci-fi thing. Uh, but, whatever. That's that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> we'll fight after the show. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, that's, well, that's what I do believe that the Hattori Hanso character, which they, is based on, like, the Japanese uh, Masamune, the guy who... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sonny Chiba was also... He actually act- makes swords. Well, no, no, he was in the... He was in, uh, um, it's called Shadow Warriors here, but it was like Legend Kagenogunda or something. It's called. It was like a, it was a samurai show, uh-huh. and then it was aired in in uh, the United States in the seventies as a uh, as Shadow Warriors, uh-huh. and um, he played sixteenth uh, century uh, samurai. So in the storyline, what they were saying that he was the, that the Hattori Hanzo and Kill Bill is like the descendant. Oh, really? Of the samurai oh. from the show, and he played by the same guy. So and then that's interesting. Sort of like how uh, uh, Django is the uh, uh, ancestor of Shaq Shaft. Or yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't hear that story. Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Django is the. If, if you if you've seen Django, right? Yeah. So there's the point when uh, he's looking for his wife in the in the slave book, right? And it says uh, Brunhilde, right? Yeah. And it says Brunhilde von Shaft. That's oh. an allusion to in the future. Their great grandkid is going to be John Shaft. What really? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, is that speculated? Did they say that? Did no, that's what Quentin Tarantino said. Get the fuck out. That's he cool. said their great grandson is Shaft. I'm sure he throws. Which he's their great great grandson is Samuel Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> who's been in every Quentin Tarantino movie. That uh, it's true. He plays uh, Rufus in Volume Two. Yeah, he plays uh-huh. the piano piano guy. Yeah. Uh, well, I, and and there's so much yeah there's so much because in the first one it's very much a samurai movie yeah and in the second one there's a lot more of, there's the whole kung fu training scene yeah it's more Chinese it's like the first one has well, a lot of Japanese well Tarantino even said that he said he wanted to make an international movie where there's the Chinese influence the mm-hmm. Japanese influence exactly. the American influence um I mean, he even has uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Lucy Liu. Yeah, the character is a half Japanese, half Chinese American. Right, and that scene where she cuts that motherfucker's head off. Yeah, that's a, that's a good. She's a solid villain. Yeah, I would love to, and I loved the and because this is how great Quentin Tarantino is. He puts that anime sequence. Yeah, he said that he wanted to do a, a, an anime series based on I forget which character, but he was going to do that afterwards. Yeah. 
But that whole anime sequence where they shows the origin of Oren Ishii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, how great was Jesus. that, man? Real, so much blood. Where she slices the dude open and she, there's blood spraying everywhere but on the wall, but you see the shape of her body because she's yeah. blocking all the blood. Fucking great, man. Super, super, incredible, incredible, incredible filmmaker, obviously. Yeah. But, like, I love seeing that he goes, he does things with intent. Like, uh, he's intentionally doing, like, things to leave shaft as a ancestor yeah and to or like one of the one of my favorite things is uh remember when beatrix uh is is buried in the ground yeah do you remember the name of the the grave she's buried in yeah uh something with a j judith no it's uh maybe it's schultz right what is the name of christoph waltz character get the fuck out of here no yeah dr schultz doctor yeah so a lot of people think that's actually the grave of his wife. He was oh, a dentist, right. married to this woman. Somehow this woman died, so then he became a bounty hunter. Oh, wait a minute. So Paula saying, Schultz, Paula Schultz. Paula Schultz, not with a J. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, you're saying that that grave was Dr. Schultz's wife, who then inspired him, her death inspired him to go become a bounty exactly. hunter. Exactly. Love that shit, man. I, I I love all that stuff. Have you ever seen? Have you ever like seen the breakdown of the Quentin Tarantino? Universe? There's like an infographic where it shows yeah. all the shit, and it's great. It like goes back to like Inglorious Bastards, yeah. And the uh, the wolf, the fixer from Pulp Fiction, is the descendant of uh, uh, of the of the bear Jew, and uh, all those stuff because they have the same last name, right? And it, they set it up where it's like, oh, like every movie after Inglorious Bastards, it's never mentioned, but isn't is one where Hitler was killed in a in a film in a, in, a, in a theater, so that's why the whole whole Quentin Tarantino universe everybody's always quoting pop culture, everybody's always quoting film because Hitler was killed in a in a theater, therefore movies. theater and movies are a huge part of that. Universe. Movies killed Hitler. Yeah, movies killed Hitler. So that's why everybody loves movies. This is this that's a new wrinkle. I, I never really kind of I love all the the I love when a world connects. Like I loved, that's why I loved like the Kevin Smith movies yeah. that, that they all, all the Clerks movies kind of go together yeah, with yeah, yeah. the uh, Mall Rats and Chasing Amy, and they yeah. all kind of exist in that same New Jersey world. Here's the interesting thing though about uh, this is next level shit though. Here's the interesting thing about uh, the Pulp Fiction uh, being tied into that universe is that Uma Thurman's character talks about the TV series she was in. Which was, do you remember that? Yeah, the Fox Force 5. Yeah, it was Fox Force 5, or was the team of assassins. Yeah. She was really good with Blades. Yep. And that, that's what I have heard, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it was... She describes all of the copper, all of the, the deadly Viper assassination yeah, yeah, yeah. squad, yeah. So it's like, oh, is this part of the universe, or is this, like... Yeah, is it TV, and, or is she, what is yeah, it? Yeah. Was the show made after the thing? You know, like, it, 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 I love, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but what I was what I was getting at with the Hattori Hanzo thing, oh yeah, he's the descendant of the Sonny Chiba's character in in the Kaganogunda, where he's like got all of these, he's he has a lot of history. I would love to have seen his backstory, and yeah. and and why he never will build a sword again. You know yeah. like why he'll never make another sword, and then he he agrees to break this vow, but he, only to kill Bill. Only to kill Bill. Only like he's like I'm gonna re- like that to me where he's like I'm gonna correct the actions of my past yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, you have big rats, the whole thing. Yeah. And then he makes the sword, and then it's like a quote from I forget what what movie it is, but um, 
where he's like, if you if you meet God on the street, God himself will be cut yeah, by yeah, the sword. Yeah. And I'm always like, fuck yeah, cut that God. <laughs> yes, cut, slice. Whereas like, he, he, he said himself without ego, this is the greatest sword I've ever made. Yeah. And you're like, that must be a fucking You're like, this sword. is a great sword. Ooh. Ooh, she's gonna do it. She's gonna kill so many people. Ooh. And you, you're like, it's, it's and again. she fucking does. She does. Like, she just chops down other people's swords. I would have loved to see, because there's so many, each of the characters that they introduced that are kind of secondary like uh, the Pai Mei character, yeah, would have loved to see that story. Which I found out uh, uh, that's actually based on uh, the story of an ancient general who mm-hmm. was a kung fu master who betrayed uh, all these other kung fu masters and gave them up, and so therefore his style of kung fu was the forbidden style of kung fu. Nobody should learn that style of kung fu because that's a horrible person. Which is why they call his style the forbidden style of kung fu. Right. So it's based on that story. So he's taking from popular culture once again. It's not just film and it's not just music. He's taking from all popular culture. Now, do you think that makes it less or more creative to to uh, adapt or what is it to, to amalgamate things from yeah, different places? I mean, or it, to create your own kind of completely unique world? I think. I mean, that's the Quentin Tarantino's whole thing is just his whole career is an homage to other things. Yeah. So it's well, like, even when he wrote True Romance. Yeah. Christian Slater's characters are always quoting uh, movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's technically an original story. Right. But you can see the influence. You can see the pop cultures. You know, he just drinks it in. And then he regurgitates it back out in his own his own bile. Yeah, he's... Well, like, I mean, he's in his own... Uh, like... So the style... Okay. One of my favorite things also is when you see the the first fight scene with the with Vernita Green with the Vivica Fox. Oh yeah, that's and an it's, awesome and fight scene. it's literally like a fucking a truck that says without any explanation, a truck with pussy wagon written all over it <laughs> pulls up into this suburban house. Yeah, knocks on the door. This lady who you know presumably normal looking housewife. Yeah. And then here comes a knife fight in the middle of the living room. A school bus pulls up and they're like, "Time out, y'all." Yeah. We gotta call a timeout, my kids. And she's like, oh, puts the knife hey, the, baby, how was school? And they got like, all the class. Oh, it's your, your damn dog. Your damn dog. You know, it's just I, that idea that it's like uh, that world still, that all the world still exists yeah. and kind of where the edges bleed is where the story is. You know, like where that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I love that. I love how they're like, they're on the, they're ripping each other to shreds. So then this happens, they stop. And then Vernita Green goes, you want coffee? Yeah, you want some coffee. And they go in and they do the coffee. And and they insert the uh, uh, the Han shot first. I mean, uh, Greedo shot first. Right. Oh, no, Han shot first. Where it's the, uh, uh, you know, it's almost like you're having sympathy for Vernita Green. Where she's like, that's not who I am anymore. Please, you know, I have a daughter. I have family. You know, I, I, I err And then so she late. shows the picture of the daughter. Yeah, and she, you know, she's just... She's saying, I'm not this person. I'm sorry for what I did to you. I'm a good person now. Uh, but if you'd like to, we can go to the baseball field. We'll both dress in all black. It'll be a knife fight. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then she reaches, she goes, I need to fix my daughter's cereal. Starts pouring the cereal out. Gun falls out of the cereal box. Yeah. She tries to kill Beatrix. So then Beatrix kills her. With a coffee like, mug. She was fucking lying the whole, she made me feel for her. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole, like, uh, the... The using the buildup, yeah, know, yeah. That, that that conversation, the like, tension uh, and release. I forget what, what podcast I heard it on, but there was a guy. He was like, "I didn't like Inglorious Bastards that much," 
Yes, I had, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" It was great, and he's like, "Yeah, because I sat through this this there was this whole boring scene in the basement of this oh, thing, yeah, yeah. and he's like, yeah, and I went up to go to the bathroom, and then it's all gone. I'm like, what the fuck happened?'" And he's like, "You missed the best part. You missed the payoff. You missed the payoff. <laughs> you, you have to like stay. You have to pay attention. You yeah, have to stay." Yeah. That's that's a kind of thing I guess Quentin Tarantino has built up that trust with the audience where you're yeah. like, you stick stick with it, guys, because yeah. it's gonna get fucking crazy. You yeah. know, like that. Yeah. That, that, oh, that concept. So good. So yeah, the um, I I the so I do think I also like Sonny Chiba as an actor. I thought that he oh, was he's great. fucking great. But yeah, he he gives me like the more hero vibe, and I would have loved to see that story. But the Vernita Green, uh, and like each of them have different, uh, each of them have different uh, like aspects of their personality and all that yeah. stuff, you know. Um, and then uh, the L Driver. Uh, the the Daryl Hannah character, the the way that she was like the Beatrix second, the understudy to Beatrix, yeah. right? So there was always that thing, and I forgot what I was reading the thing where I forgot what it mentions it, but that she her her being without an eye is an homage to another uh, one eyed assassin, oh, really? such and such, and that um, there was going to be. A, he said that he was going to create uh, Quentin Tarantino in, in subsequent interviews has said that he was going to. This is they have been corrected yeah. since then. He's lots a lot of times gone past, and uh, but he said that there's a world where all of this exists, and then there's an idea that he had that because she gets her eye plucked out, she's fully blind, uh, that she doesn't get killed by the snake, she becomes kind of like a wandering, like Zatoichi. You know, have uh-huh. you ever seen the Zatoichi uh, movies? Hey, He's hey, a hey. blind samurai. He's a blind swordsman, so that she's blind and she's going to she's trying to like correct her. The, the mistakes of her past so she has like a walking stick and all that shit and, and the walking stick is a fucking Hattori Hanzo sword and all that shit so she becomes like uh, I always thought like a Zatoichi influence if they ever made that sequel where Vernita Green's daughter goes after yeah I was like she's gotta be trained by L Driver yeah that has to be her Obi-Wan or whatever it is that... no it would be uh, it would be um, uh, Sophie Fatal where she gets the one that gets her arm cut off she inherits all of Bill's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got to inherit all of Bill's stuff. So maybe those three team up. Yeah. To kill. There's kiddo. And, yeah, 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 and then but there's also an allusion to uh, in volume two where she finds out she's pregnant. Yeah. And they've she's there to kill somebody, but the, that other person has sent another assassin oh, to wow. kill her. Yeah. So there's also the allusion to there's other female assassination squads yeah. out there, where it's like it's like pussy kit. Kill faster. Yeah, faster pussycat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill, where it's like, well, you tell me, you tell me, there's like a there's like a fr- franchises set up of assassins. You yeah, know, yeah. you just got like assassin but teams. Beatrix was the greatest female assassin, right? Well, or, or the Bill, most driven. No, that, I mean that's like she says in the thing, like I'm the greatest female assassin there is until Vernita Green's daughter. <laughs> so I guess it's like Beatrix. Uh, Beatrix is the greatest female assassin. Bill's the number one assassin, mm-hmm. and so their child. Is probably going to be the greatest assassin of all time, right? So the the, the story would be that um, uh, the girl of uh, what's her name, Bibi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bibi, the daughter, would be also she like Beatrix is trying to keep her away from all that yeah. stuff, and uh, but she's still driven to be bad, yeah. or like to be a badass, yeah. And then uh, at some point it turns where then all right, let's start your training. Well, there's young uh, maybe sequels like Jennifer Lawrence's Bibi or some shit like that. He's like, oh, I gotta train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know who would be a good. What would be the good? Well, it's, all right. So let's. 
So you're, first of all, you're an assassin now. Okay. What is your assassin name? Oh. If we theme, if we, okay, let's say you and I are a team of assassins. Oh. Right? We get, we, we get an assignment. What's our team name? Uh. We have to think of something. Uh, the cannoli killers. <laughs> the cannoli killer. No, we sound like no. a mafia hit squad. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, sound yeah, like, yeah. we sound like oh yeah, we kill out of a bakery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I like about the the code names is uh, first of all, first off, they're the Viper, Vipers. the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad. The only only like two of them are actually Vipers. The other ones are different types, different of types of snakes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in fact, way to get really. <laughs> Way to get really literal on the definition of what a viper is. In fact, <laughs> apparently their characterizations uh, uh, go along with their their code names. Right. For instance, El Driver is uh, the California mountain snake. Mountain snake, who of all those snakes is the only one who's non venomous, and it's alluded to when she's about to kill uh, uh, with the poison with the poison in the IV, and she stops. Because she gets the call, so it's an allusion to ah, no, she, she can't, she can't kill with venom. How bad? How badass was that? Fight? And also, that type of snake is known for killing other snakes. And, oh right! And she killed Bud. That she's the one that kills Bud. She's but the one who kills. She's Bud. the one that puts the snake in the thing that kills. Yeah, yeah, Bud. yeah. So it's an allusion to that kind of snake doesn't have any venom, and it also kills other snakes. So that's the one you need to look out for. That that's yeah, like all of that. Uh, yeah, you, you know, like there's, there's a. There's a the, I'm trying to think of a good name now. The Deadly Viper Assassination Squad is pretty solid. So, it's just but be, it's also kind of cheesy. So, yeah. if we did, it would just be the two of us. And then we'd we'd, we'd get more. Oh, okay, so two we'll at first. To, two enlistments. We'll, we'll open enrollment for uh, for uh, the uh, the what would we, I don't know. Fuck the bearded ballers. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The uh, I don't know what would you what would, what would the name be? The word bear has to be in it. <laughs> we're a bunch of fucking bears, right? No, I'm with. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Oh, uh, we're all recording right. this in the West Village, by the way. No, totally. Yeah, this literally is, down the street from the Stonewall Inn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would be. We would be. Um, <laughs> the Stonewall Ballers. The mauling will be the maulers. Some sort of maul pun would be in there. M a u l or you would like be Paul Blart. Yeah, no, maul like a bear mauling. Alright. Uh, uh, so what I'd be like... We wouldn't be an assassination and... squad. We'd, be, we'd definitely be like like the mercenaries. Oh, uh, okay. The mercenary... The mauler mercs. Word. Sir, okay, alright. And then uh, we would each have bear gri- bear code names. I would be... You'd be uh, Black Bear and I'd be Grizzly or some shit. I'd be uh, Kodiak and you'd I'd be, be Panda. Uh, I'd be Yogi. You'd be Koala and I will be... <laughs> <laughs> koala bear's not actual bear. A koala bear is vicious. So no, you'd be you'd be uh, uh, a polar bear polar versus man. polar. Because I'm white on the outside, or black on the inside. I was gonna say just because you're cold at heart, you're just very not unemotional. I, I, I agree with that. And then I would. And my be, habitat's dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would be uh, a, a Kodiak, the big one. Oh, okay. The big bear. But Nandu be a panda? Nandu, we can't make Nandu a panda. Whatever. Alright, Nandu's a panda. Or, uh, what's a very, like, uh, like, nimble bear? They're all kind of, like, very fast. They're all I have a feeling I'd just be, like, a circus bear on top of, like, a ball. I would be the Russian bear that rides a bicycle. (laughs) 
Bro, I used to have VHS tapes of the Russian circus. Bro, that shit's hilarious. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do you have VHS tapes of the Russian circus? Someone at my the church I was at when I was a kid donated a whole bunch of VHS tapes, and two of them were from the Russian circus. Get the fuck? There were, like, chickens ice skating. What? The? There was, like, cougars riding horses. There were monkeys, like, riding bicycles. It was fucking amazing. That sounds insane. And also, like, the perfect cover for an assassination squad. <laughs> like, everybody... We're the Russian circus gang. We are the Russian circus gang! Okay, we've done it. We've figured it out. <laughs> we call us. We are the Russian circus. We all have beards, which still fits into the yeah. Russian thing. Um... We all... I'm the bear riding the, the, the bicycle. I'm the chicken in ice skates. You're the chicken with ice skates. We gotta get the monkeys riding scooters or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be, that'd be non, 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 non's the, the monkey. monkey who jumps around and shit. Totally. Totally not. Oh, yeah. we got it. We're the Russian circus. We are the Russian circus. The Russian circus squad. The Russian circus assassination oh. squad. Oh, I'm so... I'm, I'm gonna make up t-shirts, everybody, for yeah. sale at zerosonheroes.com. We're gonna make just we're gonna, a bear riding a tricycle. Just a bear riding a tricycle with a samurai sword. It's <laughs> like, yeah, we'll go kill some motherfuckers. Uh, yes, we've I've come long way to kill. Yes, we, we, you had it for a second, and then you yeah, went the, it's the voice. The, the... You had it for a second. All right. Uh, well, um, but yeah, no. So there, the so there's a, there's the there's the moment in in volume two where. There's this character, oh, what's the guy's name? In the Mexican whorehouse. Oh yeah. There's that like Hispanic guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who raised Bill. Yes, Bill's dad. I want to know more and about that guy. Like I would watch a like if they made a documentary about that guy, I would watch it. It was originally supposed to be Ricardo Montalban, but he died. I uh, know he couldn't make it. So he had uh, that dude who I forgot his name, but he's been a bunch of shit. Yeah, he's a very well known. Oh, what now? I'm getting scared about his name. But uh, he uh, he just was hanging out, and he was like, "Oh, I'll read the lines, so you know you guys can rehearse or whatever." So he started reading the lines, and Quentin Tarantino was like, "Yo, fuck Ricardo Montalban, you're in, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does. He, I love that guy. He's like got this delivery. He was. He's, it was a movie. Uh, from I'm trying to find the cast. Red of State. You ever see that? The Kevin Smith movie? Yeah. No. He was the, the main dude in it. And he's also in Walrus or whatever it is. The Tusk? Tusk. He's, in, he's in that? Yeah, he's the dude. I'm going to Google it. Let me see. But, um, uh, yeah, that's actually... It's funny because uh, he, he is the guy who runs the whorehouse. And, by the way, that was filmed at an actual Mexican whorehouse. I w- yeah, that's what I, someone... I remember and those were actual that. Mexican whores walking around. They, like, paid them extra, like, SAG base extra pay. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, uh, everybody, uh, stop fucking. Uh, can you yeah, just yeah. walk around? <laughs> I don't have to suck any dicks? No, 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 no. I mean, if you want to, fine. You're yeah. not, we're not paying you for that. You just walk. Just walk back and forth and then look cool. And, uh... uh what the fuck was that? That's my iPad. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, he was the guy who raised Bill, and he said, uh, you know, he was in love with women, he was in love with Lana Turner. Right, yeah. And it shows that he loves powerful, strong women. And which you is can why see, he's totally hitting on, like, he totally wants Beatrix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. And I love the part where he says, uh, and he, you know, he knows she's there to kill Bill. Right. So, uh, she says, where is Bill? And he goes, I'm gonna tell you. Because I know Bill would want me to. Ah. Because he knows Bill's still in love with her. Because that was the whole thing. The whole thing was he thought she was dead. 
So she went out to go find her killers, found out she was not dead, she was marrying some guy, so that he felt betrayed and said, I'm going to go kill, um, you know, my, my, my love. Right, right. And right before he put the bullet in her head, she says, the baby's yours. Popoom. So Mike, takes Michael the, Parks. Yeah, that's it. That's the guy. He's oh man, yeah. He's uh one of he was the first of Bill's father figures in yeah. quotes. But yeah. That yeah, that guy that guy's great. He's fantastic. And he's not yeah, he's 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 so good. He's the guy that uh he's the sheriff at the beginning too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who's like number one son. When she spits blood at him, yeah, this cocksucker ain't dead. It's like that's the same guy. <laughs> I love this. So good, so good. But yeah, like I, I want to see more. Like that's that's the thing about it I love. Like you could name a million characters in because there's so many characters in each of his movies yeah. that that it gives life to all of the. Well, it's great. Like the the father son sheriff duo are in every single one of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Yeah, he. I mean, they've even been in Dusk Till Dawn. Yes, they were in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He that's like a, as a like as an actor or whatever. I, my dream job is to just find somebody who just puts me in stuff, like yeah. Ron Howard with his brother. Like you want to be? Uh, uh, I want to be Rob Schneider. You want to be Danny Trejo? Yes, I want to be <laughs> Danny Trejo so bad. Did I tell you that I auditioned for uh, Machete Two? Really? Yeah, I was on like final callbacks for Machete Two. What was your role going to be? Just it was going to be or? a Cuban drug dealer. Nice. Basically, every Cuban on stage is either gay or in a movie is either gay or a drug dealer. <laughs> and uh, at that time, it was drug dealer. <gasps> nice. There's actually audition tape of me doing it. If you're lucky, I will show it to you. But it's fucking crazy. I had to do the fucking accent and everything. And the whole time, it was like, "Yeah, you're gonna be in the scene with Sofia Vergara tied up on the thing." And I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, yeah. I was losing my shit. I was really losing my shit. But then I got like, you get an email from Robert Rodriguez's people or oh. whatever my agent did and forwarded it to me, and they're like, "Oh, they've gone with an actor from New Orleans." And I'm like, "Fuck!" <sighs> Had I been in it, Machete Two would have made million, um, a couple dollars more from my family's going to see it. <laughs> a couple bucks, a couple bucks. But yeah, I know it was that would have been insane. But I totally want to be. Uh, Danny Trejo or or um, what's the Michael Parks, huh? Uh, or or Michael Parks or whoever, just kind of that that get to play cool shit. I'd be cool with being the dude uh, who played Charlie Brown in Kill Bill. Oh, the Charlie Brown, Charlie, Charlie the guy's wearing the Charlie kimono. Brown. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, and he's like, uh, the, he's like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, when yeah. they're just like drinking and blowing, eating up and yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. full pepperoni pizzas. He's like, we don't have pepperoni pizzas, and they're like, figure it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That scene, uh, and uh, the guy who plays Pai Mei is also Tommy Mo, the guy that uh, is the head of the in the mask yeah, yeah, the, yeah, Kato the mask. Kato mask. And um, I will say this: that scene, that 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 uh, set has one of my favorite shots, like long shots, oh, yeah. ever. Where it goes overhead, yeah. and then it goes through the whole... They say that after that was taken, the, the camera operator passed out from exhaustion. That it Because was, it was so intensive. That he had to like focus, and you have to yeah. hold it. Being a camera operator is tough, actually. Like oh. You think you just sit on the thing, but you have to, like... You're responsible for everything. I mean, it's not... Yeah. It's, it's a person, you know, like... I mean, there's. I mean, you can definitely see that uh, Quentin Tarantino was inspired by kung fu movies and, and Chinese and Japanese movies. Uh, I mean, because it's very. The, I don't know if you could probably hear it on the recording, but the crazy 88s are outside. <laughs> are outside your apartment right now? They heard us talking shit. Um, you can see, like that. Lo- that long shot is very, uh, very similar to Old Boy. 
Yeah, right? yeah, that long hallway shot. The long hallway one. shot. I mean, when they're, I mean, they're fighting on the balcony, and there's the wire work and everything. It's so inspired by kung fu. Yeah, and by that type of Asian movies. That yeah, the Asian cinema. The because the, there's a, there's definitely like you can see the kung fu quote unquote uh, the the wushu movies like the, the yeah the the wire work like the Jet Li movies that people people associate almost like the the lower rent Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon yeah yeah um, style movies where you see him flying around and limbs flying off and blood spurts and shit and then oh well the crazy lines by the way is when she says for those of you lucky to be alive you may leave. But if I've taken, it, but if you've lost any limbs, leave them. They belong to me now. Yeah, yeah, they're that's my, such a fucking yeah, badass. It's line. like they, be, you're any things that you. Oh, yeah, badass. <laughs> oh, so good. And then that whole uh, so so there's that there's that type of fighting. Then there's the the silhouette fight, which was, which was really cool. That blue yeah. silhouette fight, awesome. And then it switches when you watch her fight, uh, Lucy Liu's character. Yeah, it's. The music in that scene is fucking fantastic, but then you you can also see like um, she just fought a thousand people, yeah, and now she's like going to fight one person, and yeah. that one person's like, I hope you saved enough energy and blah blah blah. blah. Do you know uh, how long the fight lasts in uh, in terms of the movie? In the the uh, between her and Lucy Liu, she says, uh, "I hope you saved enough energy to last the next five minutes." The fight lasts four minutes and fifty nine seconds. Really? Yeah. I never timed it. That's From the dope. moment, uh, I think she, as, as soon as she finishes the line and steps on the on the snow to fight her, right? It's four minutes and fifty nine seconds. Fight ends. That's dope. That yeah. is really really cool. But and then like as soon as she like cuts off you know part of the head and oh that really was a hereditary Hansu sword. As soon as she falls down, ah oh, she like sits down on the on the stool and is just like oh yeah I'm exhausted. And yeah. it was like literally, she had enough energy to last five minutes. Yeah, like that would and any any more, and it would have ended her. Yeah, but but the but as you say, the, the style of fighting there suddenly goes from being very wire work crazy and all stuff yeah. to being very still, like and very kind of yeah uh, classic where, samurai classic samurai moves, and uh, uh, you can kind of see that the way like in the first film, it's very much a martial arts movie. Yeah, and then in the second half of the movie it's very much a like a like an uh like a japanese drama the drama side of those samurai movies because yeah. they are very heavy in drama um where there's like you know they build up each of the stories where um it, it you can see where it gets a little more american also yeah because yeah. then it you know they go to the strip club and they go to the you yeah. know bud bud being like this redneck hillbilly yeah. guy she, L Driver even calls and him you, 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 you feel for Bud too because yeah. he's like he's so down on his luck yeah yeah and, and obviously you don't, yeah obviously he, he and his brother stop getting along blah 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 but he's still an asshole yeah what I do love though in each one I think it's each one of the characters when he uh, shoots her with the shotgun shell shotgun the full of rock Peter, salt yeah, yeah. what I love is if you notice every single one of the Viper squad uh I mean, they could hate each other as much as they want, but there's always this sense of respect. Right. Where, uh, I mean, even when uh, when Lucy Liu is fighting her, and uh, Lucy Liu says, uh, you know, stupid Caucasian girl playing with samurai, samurai swords. swords. But then later, when she finally strikes a blow on her leg, Lucy Liu goes, from my comments earlier, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then there's a scene with Bud where Bud says, if she kills us, you know, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she deserves her revenge. Right. And like, then, we're in the wrong. She deserves her revenge. And then when uh, when L Driver thinks 
that Bud buried her alive, she says, as much as I hated that woman, she deserved a better death. Right. They all kind of, hey, you know, these people are they're good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where everybody respects, you know, yeah. respects her. She is an amazing warrior. It's true, and I, and that, I think that has to go along with the Japanese and samurai. Yeah, the idea of anyway. I don't like you, but I'm still going to respect you. Well, the that was the big dichotomy of the Paimei scene, where he treats her like shit the whole time. Yeah, where it like literally he's like treating her like a dog. He throws the rice on the floor, and you see her. And the the part that always gets me is that he's he's cool the whole time. Yeah, he never shows any kind of pain. You never see him be until Eldra until they show the scene where Eldra poisons him. Yeah. for taking out her eye. He's the one that took it. You know, yeah. he plucked her eye out, and he made he makes it a reference to it earlier, and then he then he pops it out. Um, but the uh, but like the whole training sequence where she's just like he gets beat down. I don't have you seen the movie um, uh, the movie Whiplash? I haven't seen it yet. All right, so this, it's the one that was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking phenomenal movie about a jazz drummer who. Uh, goes to the school and J.K. Simmons is yeah, the yeah. guy that berates him and puts him and it, it's like the whole concept they tell you in that movie it's the concept of um, anyone who's, who buckles under the pressure of even the worst treatment was never meant to be the person that they become yeah, yeah so yeah. like uh, it was the whole story of Coltrane where Coltrane comes in and then another jazz guy throw, like he fucks up and he throws a symbol at his head could have killed him yeah but then, you know, treats him like shit, and then he comes back, and the next time he fucking blows everybody away, becomes the best musician in history. Yeah. Um, that concept that you can't go too far in the training. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, that's that's a common thread in... I think that, that shows, too, because not only did... I mean, it shows the love that Beatrice had for Paime, and that she was like, I need to get vengeance from my master. Even though he treated her like shit, right? But she so he she did the, the eye bulge just like Pipe did, just like he did. So that means he taught her that. And then when she finally kills Bill, doesn't kill her with with a sword, with the five finger death punch, the five finger. And Bill uh, goes, "I didn't know Pipe taught you that because obviously Pipe didn't teach that to Bill. Right? He only taught it." To Beatrix Kiddo because he respected her so much. He earned the she earned the respect because I think because walking in, uh, Bill was like he hates Americans, he hates women, he hates white people. Right, you're her, his least favorite thing. So he walked in there, the person he hates the most, and she left there proving how amazing she was. That he was like, I need to teach her all my secrets. Right, yeah, and 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 uh, that's a great reveal too when she does it. Yeah, there's that mo, you know, because the you, you, pop, 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 the, fi- pop, pop. the points in the chest, the five finger palm technique or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, she, you, there's like a genuine look of surprise on Bill's face. Yeah. And he coughs up that little bit of blood, and he's just kind of sitting there. And it, and then there's, there's that reveal of like, oh shit. Yeah. That was the thing they were talking about earlier. You know, yeah, and, he's like, yeah. and he never teaches that to anybody, but he talked to her. There's that, even though you don't know you're thinking that. There's so much in that scene where she's just like, oh, "Fuck, I had to do it." Yeah. I had to do it, and it's like he accepts it, and then, yeah, and then he and then he says what he has to say, makes his peace. Yeah, they make their peace. How and do I look? Ready, ready, and he gets up and he walks five steps. Boom! Boom. Fucking, it's so satisfying. Like yeah, you're just like, yeah. yes, good. This is a great movie. Like I remember watching that, being like, yeah. yeah. And then there's that scene where that at the end where she's crying in the bathroom, where, where she's switching between crying, sad, and laughing. <laughs> 
She yeah. just keeps going back and forth between because it's such an amazing moment where it's like I finally have my daughter back. Right. I have my vengeance, but I just killed the man that I love. Well, that's the that's the thing. We're gonna wrap. We're gonna we gotta wrap up. But that whole idea of is is a vengeance story. Like, what movie is it? I forgot what it was, but there's a guy that finally, everything finally happens, and then someone goes, now what? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, so you're, um, there's like a line in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where Sam Rockwell's character, they tell him that, oh, this thing's never going to work, and he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll go find something else for my entire life to be about. <laughs> right? Like, you get so wrapped up in yeah, the yeah. vengeance, you get wrapped up in the vengeance, it, it becomes your only source of motivation to keep going to do anything to eat to breathe to the you know. batman syndrome it's the batman syndrome right now she's got her revenge but she has her kid so it kind of gives you like mo- like some revenge movies where if they end part of you is like well okay but life goes on what I th- happens i think uh i think she's gonna live the life she wanted because she wanted to get out of that life where literally if they had just let her marry that dude and work in a, a, a used record store for the rest of her life, they'd all be alive. Yeah, right. So she could, right now, go back to Texas and go work at that used record store if she wanted to. Part of me says, like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. How, how do, do you think uh, she'll get bored? No. You, you know what I mean? Like, after, after, well, I guess she was doing it already. But, well, I mean, there was that one part when he... What's that movie where they, where the, like, uh, oh, the whole nine yards or whatever, where there's that dude that, that, uh, he talks about how bored he is. What, is it the whole nine yards? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a theme through, like, Yeah, where, like, like, the, where, like, if you're... Aging action stars trying to be like, well, I'm old and I'm doing this, well, I gotta get back in the game. Or, or it's just, like, someone who find, who's, like, done with it, or Red. Oh, Red, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that, where you just see, like, that concept of, like, well, now that I'm done... There, there was I mean, There's yeah. a whole big scene, at, you know, when he hits her with the truth serum. Yeah, and it, it describes you're a killer. That's who you are. And he says, "Do you actually think you could have made it work in Texas?" <coughs> and she, you know, she starts crying, and she goes, "No." So that could answer it, but I don't know. She's got the kid now. She didn't she know the, the kid, kid was. A, she she knew she was pregnant. She doesn't. I think maybe her mission now is to make sure that her kid doesn't live that life. Okay. But then do you? Yeah, I still I still think there's there's a ton of potential there. I wish Quentin Tarantino would go back and do it. If you if yeah. he could go back, because I mean she, the daughter uh, BB was being raised to be an assassin. Yeah, yeah. Remember you walk he, in, they had the whole death conversation. Yeah, the about death that she conversation. Killed fish. You walk in, they're having a squirt gun fight. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, also, she doesn't want to go to sleep watching My, you know, Little Mermaid or My Little Pony or whatever it is. She wants to go to sleep watching Shogun's Assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, like, cuddling, spooning, watching this violent samurai movie, and that's what she's totally cool with. She's being conditioned from a young age to be the greatest assassin of all time, which is exactly what Beatrix, uh, kiddo didn't want. Yeah. So she's there to swoop in and save the child. Well... I don't know. I think it's gonna be I, I, if you could go back. Who who's the one like the one character you if you could make if you would Quentin Tarantino is like hey Will what should what what's the what character should I focus the next movie on? Mm. Which character should I focus the movie on? Yeah, like what would you want to see? Well, who would you want to do? I would fucking love <clears throat> to see. Hattori uh, Hatsu? The Hattori Hatsu story, yeah. That's my that's that that to me, I would I would love to see how Hattori Hanzo and Bill 
what what the fuck happened? Because you know something. Look, this dude made these crazy. Bill gets these swords and start using them for evil. Yeah, and or maybe Hattori Hanzo was was a bad guy. You know, like what what was it? I want to know. That's a good one to go with, or I could go with Buck. Yeah, <laughs> my name's Buck, and I, and came, I came here to fuck with the pussy wag. The pussy wag himself. You heard it here first, everybody. Will Watkins uh, wants to fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, B- Buck. That what a crazy idea too. I go for Nita Green and her daughter. Oh, the the daughter's revenge. Down. Yeah, the daughter, the daughter coming back in the future and, and getting. I, I would go the daughter. All right, all right. Well, uh, well, that wraps it up. Uh, you, you leave it up to you guys to decide who the hero of Kill Bill is. Uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm actually going with uh, Hotori Hanso because he's kind of got the pure good going on. That you're going with Beatrix Kiddo. I'm gonna go with Beatrix. The revenge killing, the getting, righting the wrongs, getting, getting revenge. All right. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, be sure to share and uh, subscribe on iTunes and write us a review. Also, thanks to everybody who's been sending uh, heroes for us to check out. We will be doing a, uh, I guess, listener-submitted hero section coming up soon. And uh, thank you all for listening. Anything else? Uh, send us more Zycam. Yeah, send us Zycam. Zycam manufacturers. <laughs> And then uh, also you can follow us on Twitter at Mike Mercadal at William A Watkins on uh, on the Twitter. And uh, if that's uh, that's not it, all right, everybody, go out and be heroic. Hey, yo.